3: This
0: is Talk Sport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to the last Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast of the week. Oh, no, not the last one. Don't worry, there'll be another one on Monday. Oh, but I can't wait till then. Well, I'm on drive today at 4pm. Oh, that's good to know, yeah, I can't wait to tune in. Thanks very much. Can I get on with it? All right, man, I was only saying, all right, we'll just... <clears throat> we start the podcast with Drive, and Adrian Darman and Darren Goff debating which is the biggest club in Manchester right now.
4: I'd say at this moment, City could easily argue they are the biggest, most powerful club in Manchester. Yeah. However, yeah. If, if Manchester United were run properly, and maybe even you could throw into that if they had a stellar... Global name as... And a powerhouse manager. They haven't. They've got a an unproven manager who they're really... they like. They're hoping will come yeah. good for them. And, I th- you know, there's a lot of goodwill towards Ollie and understandably so. The fact remains, if Manchester United were run properly, if all of a sudden a couple of changes were made and they started running themselves properly, they would overtake Manchester City easily, comfortably as the biggest operation, football-wise, in Manchester. Well, Comfortably. But
2: what would happen, even though Manchester City has spent a lot of money uh, on getting some world-class players in, and it must be brilliant to watch Manchester City mm. every game, if you're a supporter, to turn up and watch some of the world-class players they've got. And they've not paid over the odds for most of them, right? Yeah. They normally pay. They will stick within their budget, and if it goes over, they won't get him. Mm. I mean, they might have brought the bank for Messi, but that's one exceptional talent. For the rest, they do their own work, and they put a bid in, and if it's accepted, they'll take the player. They won't pay over the odds. Manchester United, of late, have had to pay over the odds to get their players. And they probably will have to continue to do that. And this is why, at the minute, they've got a situation where Woodward, everybody's blaming him. Because he's he's realising that other clubs are taking the mickey out of Manchester United. And if they want that player, they're going to have to pay it. Otherwise... They don't get him. I think the other thing that needs to... We need to keep this real and just
4: explain there are some things that cannot change regardless of where they are in the table, the two clubs, regardless of who manages who, regardless of all that, who's challenging for what, there is no way that you can improve on or better anytime soon Manchester United's history City cannot get no. there their rich history of success at Manchester United not just in the Premier League here I'm going back and I'm not saying City have never had success late 60s early 70s they were fantastic they were dominant but that was like a three year period and that's it however when we talk about day to day operations right now Manchester City are oh. absolutely bossing
5: no.
0: Ali Brazil was joined by the former Rangers striker Ali McQuist and Jamie O'Hara on the TalkSport Breakfast Show. Now, you may remember in yesterday's podcast, Jerry Groves said this about the Everton keeper, Jordan Pickford.
2: Everton should be looking top six. They, they should be looking to get the sixth position. And I think with the money they've got and the money they're spending, that's doable, but not with Jordan Pickford in goal.
0: Well, this is what Jamie had to say in Pickford's defence. I have to say,
4: I'm going to back Jordan Pickford. Yes, he is prone to make mistakes. He's still a young keeper, but he can make some world-class yeah. saves. He's fantastic with his feet. All right, He let himself down a little bit last night. They won 5-2, Right, so let's not get too carried away. I watched him against Tottenham when they won on the first day of the season in the <laughs> Premier League. He made two world-class saves, and no one... No one yeah. talked about it, no yeah. one, and it was just like, and I, and I felt like saying, well, hold on a minute, we're all very quick to jump on the sort of bandwagon on Jordan Pickford and making mistakes, and oh, he's, you know, he's not good enough, he shouldn't be number one, and he makes too many mistakes, no one talks about the brilliant saves that he can also make. And if Pickford can make a save here, England are nearly there. Can he save this one from backer? Yes, he can! A save!
0: with Pickford, the former England goalkeeper, David James, told The White and Jordan Show, it's only natural that football careers go through ups and downs and England number one still has potential. I've
1: been a big fan of Jordan. I think there's still a lot there. The the, the problem I always find with with football is that people get a, a reputation and that kind of stays with them beyond their actual performances. And with Jordan, there was a lot of potential in there. As a young goalkeeper, he started very early. When you've got a young goalkeeper with potential, and young player even, you're always expecting them to get better. And one of the comments that often comes out is, he's young, he will only get better. Well, that's actually not true. People peak at different ages. It might be 15, it might be 38, whatever. Um, With Jordan, I haven't seen that next level a bit like football clubs Your your sort of progression to the top Might not necessarily be a straight line From the bottom to the top yeah, There will be yeah. ebbs and flows And Jordan is going through a period now As the established England number one For a long period That his next progression Might not be tomorrow Might not, It might be in a week Or it might be in a month Or it might even be a season's time now,
0: here's some of the fallout on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday at 30 from 10pm, with, of course, the Moonface, Jason Cundy, And me, obviously, reacting to the Carabao Cup matches, including Lincoln losing to Liverpool and TalkSport, and some of the Europa League news, with Spurs winning as well. Coming into the area is Jones, another great touch. A brilliant curling
4: finish, reminiscent of his goal against Everton in the FA Cup, to make it 3-0. It's a wonderful finish for the third time on the night, for the delicate... Elegant
2: Curtis Jones.
6: Oui played a really good football game tonight. It was really um, easy on the eye and um, we we passed the ball, we we finished the situations off, counter-pressing was really good. It's always a good sign um, because it always shows the attitude and the boys wanted to play football tonight and showed an exceptional attitude, so I'm really happy.
7: Manchester City won Bournemouth nil and a debut goal from 17-year-old Liam Delap, son of Rory, doesn't need throw-ins this fella, that was a brilliant finish. Great dink from Foden, burst into the area, first time left-footed, roof of the net, Excellent goal, born in 2003. Just let that register. City 1, Bournemouth 0. I'm buzzing. I mean, it was a bit of a shock to get put in the starting lineup, up but uh, obviously I took it with a pinch of salt and just worked my hardest and lucky to get a goal and obviously just topped off the night, getting the win and going through to the next round. Ten minutes to go. It's Shkendia 1, Tottenham 3. You would think that they are progressing through to the playoff round now. Harry Kane off the bench has got the third goal. Skendia 1, Tottenham 3. Just
0: quickly, Jay- I don't know if you know, this This is news from the Spurs game. Uh, Jose Mourinho said that Spurs had the goals replaced before the game as his goalkeepers noticed they were too small in the warm-up.
5: When I stand there and I stretch my arm, I know the distance. So I felt immediately that something was going wrong. We got um, the UEFA delegate to confirm, which, of course, we demand for the goals to be uh, replaced.
0: That's cheating, isn't it? That's cheating, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. But, but I don't. I don't understand that because both goals will be five centimeters smaller, so it's going to be more difficult for you to score as well.
4: Yeah, I know but the chances of them scoring. It, 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 it's more important you stop Spurs scoring. Yeah, because of the game because the way that the game went actually, and, and they got themselves back on level turns, but it, it would have been their joy. Well, no one expected them to score. That, I mean, that is cheating. Have it making the goals smaller. Yeah, and a, a goalkeeper would. I'm, I'm convinced they would absolutely know. <laughs>
0: Now, the Premier League club's under pressure to organise a speedy cash bailout for financially troubled EFL clubs. Football finance adviser John Smith told White and Jordan that the EFL cannot exist past November without crowds. The EFL
7: cannot live without live income, without match to income, without selling beers, without selling hot dogs, without selling tickets, without ticket prices. It, it will not exist in the lower regions. Beyond probably November, it's that bad. There are still real discussions on both sides, including myself and a few other funds. So, yes, there will be a financial solution. Yes, I think the government will be part of that solution ultimately. But there is one very important missing link here. We have no leadership at the very top of all this. We have nobody driving this. We have we have various people fighting their own corners, be it Rick Perry at the Football League, be it the guys at Oman City in the Premier League. We, you need somebody like maybe a, whoever it is, the FA, Mark Bullingham or whoever it is, and they're about to lose 300 million as well, get by the way. way. They, somebody's got to drive this, ingratiate the people at FIFA and UEFA on a global and European discussion about how the finances of football should be fundamentally changed.
0: Back now to The Breakfast Show. This is the former West Ham manager, Sam Allardyce. Now, Big Sam responded to David Sullivan's comments that the West Ham board bullied former manager, Manuel Pellegrini, into signing certain players and how a player was once signed
8: without his knowledge. I've had that experience, yes Sometimes we'll try and bully you into a player that they fancy You have to stay strong and, and try and get on with it Like you mean, I think that um, sometimes I think that uh, his love for football is so great This is David Sullivan He spends the vast majority of his time researching footballers across the world uh, through other sources So sometimes those sources are, are good Sometimes those sources are not so good But I think that at the end of the day, it can be a conflict between you and the owner because he's getting information that, quite rightly so, that's what he likes to do. He wants to make sure when he spends his money, he's getting From value people for he, money. From people he trusts oh, in he football trusts, yes. scouts. And, so, yes. d- Sam, did you. Did you did, this, is, this is probably a ridiculous question. Did you turn up at training one day and there might be a new face that you didn't even know was coming? I think probably only once in my time but I didn't have a, a particular problem with that I was hoping mm. that if a player turned up he'd be a good one but mm. you know if he's not so good then that's a bit of a problem what, right Was him. it any good Sam? I think today uh, <laughs> uh, he played a few times it was Avi Moreno at the time if I remember rightly which was a long time ago but I think his passion for, for West Ham uh, David Gold and David his passion you've you got as much stick as get, you get you've got to realise that they love West Ham football club <laughs> Burnley midfielder
0: Ashley Westwood has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of their game with Southampton on Game Day Live on TalkSport 2. He's been telling Ian Abrahams the moose, about maintaining a high-intensity during games without fans in the stadium creating that atmosphere.
5: We as players, we, we want to win games and that, that competitive edge is there. I think it has shown in a lot of the games the, the competitive edge is there. But like I said, if the, it is a lot different to, to not having fans there. And hopefully, like you said, if the fans can be back as soon as possible.
4: Now, I've got to ask you the two new rule changes, which we've
0: seen now for a couple of weeks. First of all, the handball. I mean, we've seen some dubious,
5: put
3: it that way,
0: handball decisions given us penalties. What's a what's footballer's view on that? I, I know the manager's views because I've asked managers. I know
5: my view. I want to know your view. It's hard for us to comment, but we've got to carry on playing the game. It was, uh, I think it was the Man United handball. It was, uh, we watched a video and it was, if it's in close contact, then it's. it won't be a It won't be a penalty. So I, watching that, out, I, even I was confused whether that was a penalty. But like I said, it's, they're the rules and it's up to the referee to make a decision on the pitch of the day. And like I said, if you've got VAR now, so we can't really, can't really complain about it. And we, us as players, have to get on with it. And at the end of the day, the, all the decisions, I, I, I do think they, they even themselves out over the season. So, like I said, us as players, we've just got to get on with the with the game and let the referees do their thing.
0: Now time for a bit more goalkeeping chat with David James. And he spoke about Joe Hart still being young enough to resurrect his international career. Mm, good luck with that. And Chelsea's treatment of Kepper, the keeper, after the Blues unveiled a new sign-in, simply known as Mendy from
1: Wren. I've been in Kepper's position. Uh, I was at Liverpool, you know, I was the guy who was doing... I mean, slightly different in one sense because I'd had a few years at Liverpool where it's a sort of back-up a, a level of performance, whereas Kepa's just come in and hasn't had a great start at Chelsea, has to be said. But then I, I wasn't protected at Liverpool and not that i had to be protected because i was the player and i should look after myself that old analogy it was i wasn't getting the the protection i don't think kepper's had the protection either at chelsea i think he's been hung out to dry and again the confirmation bias kepper doesn't do something right it's wrong whereas other goalkeepers even jordan pickford yesterday it was like oh he's under a bit of pressure at the moment as opposed to kepper kicking a ball wrong not the not the goal that was conceded getting absolutely lambasted by everybody
4: is this the moment Joe hart has tipped it into the net 1-0 the Wales, a free kick from Gareth Bale past the wall. Hart dived away to his left hand side.
1: He's still young. You know, me playing in the World Cup at 39 years old was on the back of getting back in England side at 38. So Joe is still young enough to even challenge for an England position because he's got all the attributes of a top goalkeeper. But then I go back to a point I made earlier. You know, someone's peak doesn't have to be at the end of their long career. It could actually be mid-career, early career even, and then you just carry on.
0: Now, there was sad news in the world of cricket yesterday when it was announced that Dean Jones, the former Australian cricketer, had died after suffering a heart attack at the age of just 59. He had been working as a commentator on the Indian Premier League and this is the former England fast bowler Darren Goff paying tribute to the late Australian batsman.
2: i managed to play against him um, on a few occasions when he played for Derby and Durham. I spent three weeks with him in Australia playing beach cricket, which summed up Dean Jones, his personality. He divides opinion in Australia, around the world. He has done so much for kids over um, in Asia, especially uh, in India, in Pakistan, where he's coached a lot. He has his own TV show over there. It's a great um, explanation of his career. Oakley's sweatbands Arrogance, energy, passion, personality, that running between the wickets, staring down the bowler, the fast bowlers, no matter who it was and how fast they bowled, winding the opposition up. He's a, he was a great competitor and definitely someone we all looked up to. If you remember as well, everybody used to wear that, if the white mm. zinc on, the on their lip. Yeah. He was one of the first to do that as well, as well as the sunglasses. A great looking bloke <laughs> um, who made everyone laugh around him.
0: Now, West Brom boss Slavon Bilic has been speaking to the media ahead of the Premier League game with Chelsea on Sunday, which, of course, is live on TalkSport. He's been telling our very own Tom Ross that they must remain upbeat despite losing their opening two fixtures. But first, he addressed his own sending off last weekend
6: and is fine after confronting referee Michael Dean. I spoke to the people from the FA and uh, to the club and I got a fine uh, which I'm not happy about but this is obviously the easiest way to get it out of the way and uh, from the head so so be it. still I think I done nothing wrong uh, I only wanted to ask the referee I was on a pitch because I had to go to the other side and I saw the referee and thought it was a good good time f- just to ask him questions you know about what happened in a in the first half and uh, if the rules are like that that it's not allowed then you know so be it let's forget about it
4: Vardy stepped up and sent Johnston the wrong way he loves scoring at the Hawthorns doesn't he that should do it for the Foxes 16 remain here West Bromwich Albion 0 0 Leicester City 2
3: how do you deal with when you're losing games how do you deal with the negativity that's outside of your camp in the media in us and on the terraces the fans how do you deal with it the negativity how do you keep it away from
6: your players uh, with positivity you know you have to be positive you have to be critical okay you can't come in laughing uh, blah, blah, but you have me as a manager especially but everybody that's what I'm telling to my staff and to we can't be down it's not easy you know because it came up all of a sudden because last season with the greatest respect to the championship but the results were there and, and that's why we got promoted you are you are every every the most of the weekends you are happy now it's a bit different we want to stop it we want to make it like last year of course but uh, we can do it only by staying and keeping the positivity in the camp
0: and of course we finish the podcast and the week with the best bits of my show Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm this is me and old JJ Akundi on the Sports Bar doing what we do best on the back of um spurs finding out well the goalkeepers realized that uh, their opponents tonight had made the goals five centimeters smaller we're asking you to find out with your stories of when you've cheated and maybe got away with it in a football match uh, simon's a spurs fan hello simon
3: i can't believe i'm gonna admit to this i rocked up for my uh, sunday league game the opposing team only had nine players we had a few subs i was uh, one of the substitutes uh, so i volunteered to go and play for the opposition Uh, A winning goal and, uh, well, as you can imagine, I kind of uh, let a few in. I let in a free kick, I gave away a penalty... And one through the legs. They must have questioned
0: it yeah. and said, like, what is this guy doing or not? Were you that good at faking it?
3: No, my acting skills were pretty good, actually, because I did the whole, you know, kick the post in frustration and shouting at the defence and blaming them. So I think, I think I played the part quite well. Wow. I mean, I was a hero when I went into the change rooms afterwards. I mean... Did you have a
2: stinker? And that's what
4: your story is now. You had an absolute stinker. Yeah, that is it, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> what was the conversation at half-time? Were they
3: questioning well, your... No, they were, they were quite grateful at the fact that they could play the game in the first place and that I was uh, right. quite willing to help them out. So they were like... Do you do Simon, them a favour? Go in, yeah, you're he, he, doing us a favour. Keep your head up, mate. Thanks, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, boys. Yeah, I've got this. Yeah, yeah, we'll do this. yeah. Good
0: story. Nothing all without yeah, that. I mean, thanks, yeah. Simon. Cheers, pal. Bend the rules. You know, you- that is cheating. But sun, Sunday League, you get things like that. You haven't got enough to make numbers up. You can have but, one of our players. don't goal. It's, it's, That's rule number one, isn't it? <laughs> Before I let you go, here's some of the football you can hear across the TalkSport network this weekend. So on Saturday, or game day as we like to call it, we begin at half past 12, live and exclusive radio commentary on TalkSport. It's Brighton against Manchester United. Then at half past two, it's game day live with Adrian Durham, also on TalkSport. Another TalkSport exclusive, at half past five, sees West Brom take on Chelsea. And we round things off at 8pm with Burnley against Southampton on TalkSport 2, but still exclusive. Then on Sunday, from noon, you've got Sheffield United against Leeds, obviously in the Premier League. That's liable exclusive for Tuxball. And that rounds things up. I'm back today at 4pm alongside Darren Bent on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show. Obviously, there'll be another one of these Andy Goldstein Tuxball Daily Podcasts out first thing on Monday morning. So do what you've got to do to make sure you get it or It'll be trouble. Thanks for listening. I'll see you at 4pm today. In the meantime, be safe, everyone. Be safe.
1: That was a podcast from Talk Sport.
7: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.